0: This is the Multifamily Podcast, your source for the latest information, trends, interviews, tools, and techniques that will help you succeed in the multifamily housing industry. And now, here are Ron Ruiz, the CEO
1: of Apartment SEO, and Ramel Anakin, the president of The Relationship Difference. The Multifamily Podcast starts now.
0: So, good morning, good afternoon. Good evening, whenever, Good evening. wherever you are, you, <laughs> whatever your naked. time zone is. That's right. Welcome. My name is Ron Reese, and we have I'm Ramel Anakin from the Relationship Difference. That's right. Ron is with the Apartment
1: SEO, and you know probably. Five, six, seven, eight other business entities that
0: you have. That are under words, that probably at some point. Ideas definitely that go through our head. Oh my gosh. But what's crazy about it is obviously Ramal being the relationship difference is, it's kind of our topic today, right? Yeah, is absolutely. All about employee and business relationships and how to make that difference, how to make that impact, yeah. if you will. So uh, excited to have you here again. It's been a while that we've been back on the recordings. Yeah. I think we owe you guys some good love so hopefully you enjoy this session absolutely
1: yeah so so thanks for thanks for listening and you know what's funny because ron and i before we, we we hit the record button we're just having a conversation about employee engagement employee performance how to how to get employees doing well you know the, the last few months i've had a, a few clients that have contacted me because they were having some performance issues with um, some of their leadership and and you know their their managers or their frontline associates and wanted to know what, what they needed to do to get that performance up. And so Ron and
0: I were just, we were just chatting. and We should have recorded that. We, we, <laughs> <laughs> we had some good stuff. I hope we, that you remember. We did.
1: We did. It was good. And uh, so we're going to talk about, you know, just kind of, you know, I think it's a, it is a topic that is important. Um, how do you get your employees engaged? How do you get the maximum performance you can from them? How do you keep them satisfied? For um, sure. And how do they keep you satisfied so you don't want to fire them?
0: And how do you keep listening, to as a company? I mean, that's the part that I think you know, everybody needs to look yeah. at. How do you listen to your leaders? How, does your, how do your leaders listen to you, too, Yeah. to, to really make that, that impact?
1: So you know what was funny, Ron? I, the, I saw, and I've, I've referred to this stat a lot, but Gallup has done a poll almost every year, and the numbers stayed pretty constant, where it said about 70% of employees are not engaged wow. at their jobs. You know, and the the cost in, yeah, the cost and productivity is about uh, I think two thousand dollars per employee lost. You've lost. That's crazy. You know, and so there's you know, if you look around your office, if there's ten people, seven of those people are on eBay.
0: Yeah. <laughs> or, you know. I hope not. Let's go look outside.
1: He's on to you guys. Yeah, I'm on um, to you. Turn on the cameras. You know, and so that's part of you know that's kind of what got us going on that conversation. You're thinking about. Um, this whole idea of how do you get that engagement up? I mean, if seventy percent of your employees don't give a rip, that can't be good.
0: Is that on a daily basis? I mean, what was their?
1: You know, that's a good question. It just, just says just overall. Yeah, just overall. Yeah. I think when they surveyed, and let me see,
0: Cause I, that's interesting. I mean, that's a huge majority. They
1: did have. Um, I have to look at that, but it was a really pretty. When I read through this, it was a pretty big sample size. Yeah. Um, that I saw, and they, they if I remember, I, I'm just kind of pulling this number from memory, maybe 80,000 okay. people. Okay, yeah, so definitely um, good half size. Half people that they called were on cell phones, half people with landlines, so they, uh-huh. they try to get a, a good mix. For sure. Yeah, and so 70% of those people were not engaged, and it's interesting is a couple of the clients that have reached out, that was one of their big concerns was going, we've got these frontline leaders, but we don't know if they're as fully engaged or as you know plugged in as we want them to be and what can you do to get them engaged and for sure and so you know ron i'm a solopreneur right now so it's i am i'm it so i can tell you that 100 percent of my team is (laughs) fully (laughs) (laughs) engaged but ron is the ceo of apartment seo he's we're in we're in the offices now in long beach california that's right he's got a full team here and uh i will you know not just not only because he's not only—I don't say this because Ron's a friend of mine, but from a business perspective, um, watching the growth of, of this company has been amazing in the last you know year, couple years three that years, we've yeah. three years, you know, and so um, and Ron's yeah. going through now as as your company is expanding, right? That that you're having to—it's not just you and a business partner anymore. It's no. it's there's actually people in these offices here
0: yeah our sample size got bigger (laughs) so when you give that statistic of course my brain goes into you know who could that be in my office and how can we make that impact how do you hire accordingly to make sure Mm -hmm. people are going to stay engaged you know is this part of their career path or is it just a Mm -hmm. job they want to do for now um but yeah we that's a huge it's an alarming alarming statistic for me because uh, one of the things that we implemented, and it kind of goes in hand with this topic, is, and we again we talked about it offline a minute ago, was um, one of the hashtags that I created for the year was impact. So, what is your true impact? And I think, as we talked about earlier, and you know, in doing this conversation now. I think that's basically what I was trying to get to. Was are you engaged? Mm-hmm. And if you are not, what do you want to do to be engaged? What you know? And also as a leader, I have to look at it like: am I creating an environment where it's safe, where it mm-hmm. opens up the yeah. door for them to say, "Hey, this is an idea we have." You know, I, I believe we do, and I, I know that because we I ask for a lot of feedback. Um, but it's also about how could you turn them off in my opinion meaning like okay so thanks for your feedback we can't get to that now so do I turn them off you know so maybe I just need to continue to get like some some ideas and samples but I think as an industry it definitely is helpful I've heard this too truth be told Mm -hmm. I mean we are a marketing firm and I hear it from our clients saying that you know we can provide leads and all this stuff and oftentimes um, they're constantly battling with the site level saying you know we didn't we didn't turn that lead into a lease or stuff Mm -hmm. like that so you know but the conversations that i've heard is that you know people they definitely believe that they're not as engaged or in the business model itself yeah and I think that that's the important part for me. One of the things that I did in 50, 2015 was to share with them kind of like where we're at, like what the company vision is financially. Um, when we did our, our retreat, you came there mm-hmm. in Palm Springs last year. Yeah, That was part of the, the overall conversation was this is who we are today and this is where we want to go. And I think that if you can keep as a leader, and obviously we're a smaller company, so I realize those large companies mm-hmm. and much of your, many of your clients, um, they may not have that time or ability. But I love when companies do like management meetings or regional meetings. Manager yeah. meetings, I recently went to one in Vegas for a vice v p meeting, and just to get all the heads together and really share the vision and share the you know of course the growing pains and the woes of the of the world um, but to be on the same page, I think is really helpful
1: And so one of the things uh totally true you know with a couple of those companies. What I noticed, one of the, the the challenges that I could see was that there was a disconnect
0: mm-hmm.
1: between the these frontline employees where there were some performance issues and, and honestly, some of the leadership, all good people, all doing sure. their best. But everyone trying to figure out the balance, which you, as an as employer, are trying to figure out how do we meet the company's goals? How do we keep employees engaged? How, we, how do we do this? And one of the things that I, the challenges that I run into, or that I hear when I'm working with clients, especially when you have uh, people who are in different generations and they're trying to motivate or drag, depending on your point of view, you know, <laughs> some of the younger ones in, um, is this idea of, of the fact that, it, well, let me, let me put it this way. Some people bristle at the idea that an employer would have to create an environment mm-hmm. that encourages employee engagement, you know, because there is still this mindset that's like, listen, you should be happy you have a job for m- sure, moron, you know, yeah. like hurry up on the paycheck, yeah, it's called, exactly. Yeah. And and there's some of you listening to this that that's completely your mindset. Like it's if you work if your shift is nine to six, you're showing up at eight forty five, you're leaving at six fifteen, and you're not asking for to get paid for that extra half hour, right? You know, and there's a whole different group of people who don't have that mindset. You know, starting at 9 means they're punching in at
0: 9-ish. ish.
1: ish you know? And know,
0: coffee time, <laughs> yeah. and then how was your weekend? Yeah.
1: You yeah. know, and, and maybe the productive work starts at 9.30. And so you have these kind of shifts and differences and things. And so the first thing I think I would say, if you're looking at building a, a culture that's engaged, which you really need to, is the fact that you may have to reorient some of your thinking in, in creating an environment mm-hmm. where... Maximum performance is encouraged and motivated, um, and it and will often go beyond just saying
0: you should be thankful you have a job, you know, and and that's a hard
1: one. That's a hard shift to make
0: for some. <laughs> it was hard for me. Well, truth, uh, yeah, I personally look at it, and I'm constantly challenging myself when I'm looking to challenge somebody's work style or work ethic, or you know is um you're the owner of course you should be thinking it outside the box and thinking Mm -hmm. this way but then i i go back against my own self and i say but on the same token that's the environment i'm not gonna lie that's the environment i want to create i want to create people that truly are bringing a lot to the table every day we all have good days and bad days so of Mm -hmm. course that amount of measurement could be you know subjective but um because i believe that that if you're making a true uh impression and the company for the day you are as well for yourself you feel Mm -hmm. good about it you know but as an employer you got to create that environment you got to identify those benchmarks that Mm -hmm. hey if we achieve this then we're rock stars together and that's the part where into year three that I want to create more of as a company yeah. is be conscious of saying these are the benchmarks we need to meet. Anything above that, up and above that, these are the ideas we have. Anybody who can help develop that, you know, and anybody who can run with things, then you're truly rock star. And I believe that we kind of talked about it offline mm-hmm. again, where the new generation really needs that sense of um, pat on the back and yeah. and and. and, and make it a Mm -hmm. lot you know not that annual review like you mentioned Mm -hmm. maybe it's more of like the quarterly or Mm -hmm. every 30 days and i do that with my sales team and i want to encourage to do it a lot more and i think that that's a good uh, one of the the takeaways that i would say to this topic is if you're not doing that now perhaps you should look at how in your current environment can you adopt a policy or a procedure that says, okay, let's do a sample of the last 30 days, and what was your performance there, and individualize it, mm-hmm. you know, uh, maybe you do one-on-ones, which is a very oh, yeah. uh, important for us in the sales mm-hmm. environment, is let's talk about what you do, I mean, we do it every Monday, you know, what mm-hmm. did you do last week, and how did you do it, and what impact did you have with the clients, and what issues do we have, and what do we have to address? Um, I think that that should, again, in sales is all based around performance, mm-hmm. and technically so is this topic, right? Yeah, it is.
1: You know, and so and I think one of the big things, and you mentioned on this was about the communication and the connection. There's a great article that the Harvard Business Review had uh, in September of 2015, and the title was "Why More and More Companies Are Ditching Performance Ratings." Mm. You know, so we've all been there, right? Whether you've been on the
0: meets expectations, yeah,
1: you know, era, opportunities for growth, yeah. you know, or hey, you you know, in, in 2015, you are a 7.85. Yeah. And and so it was. What interesting part, you know? And then I mean, how many of you have walked out of a performance review where they gave you a rating, thinking, "Boy, my boss got it spot on," you know? I mean, I remember walking out my first performance review uh, in this industry as a leasing consultant, and I walked out of that so ticked off Ah. at, at my manager, at my company, at this. And there's a lot of truth to what my manager said, but.
0: So did you create that emoji with the eyes rolling back? Oh
1: man, if I have, if I
0: could have, I would have. You know,
1: <laughs> I, I still was working with the uh, the flip phone at that time, uh, so no emojis. No emojis, yeah. But uh, but I was so upset at that, and that was not a motivating thing for me. You yeah. know, and so but what's interesting about that, I think part of
0: was it too long? You think like were there issues that you're like, well, why did you bring this up?
1: Yeah, I think there was some of that. I think there was some issues that you know that was the one touch point we had, and so there were issues that I had. You know, back in the summer, mm-hmm. that were there, and I think part of that as well is because so many times, and I think it's just our natural human tendency—we sure. focus on the negative. For sure, yeah. And so, well, you I know,
0: think it, we're good human beings; we yeah. want to do good. yes. So yes. when you hear, you know, the good, yeah. bad, and indifferent, yeah. of course, you may follow yeah. on the negative.
1: You know what I heard, and what what I remember was what she had told me in this review was, "Hey, Ramel, you know, we we think that one day." You know, maybe you could be an assistant manager or something like that. And
0: you but know, not now. Based <laughs> <now. laughs> you on your last well, numbers yeah. performance, <laughs> yeah, that
1: was the 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 the, the big mess. It was not. And I walked out of that, and and I wasn't motivated to do better. And I and I knew where the manager was coming from. Sure. And, and there was certainly I gave her lots of ammunition. I mean, and I make no bones about it. When I do my trainings and stuff, I talk about how I sucked the first two, three, four months. And I mean, I really, I just had no
0: no idea. Uh, That's why you could be a good mm-hmm. trainer because you could also you speak to that stuff. Like oh, yeah. You may not have the direction yeah. you maybe you yeah. needed to yeah. be that rock star leasing agent yeah. to get to the assistant manager mm-hmm. role, but all along, maybe yeah. your heart was actually in the job to try to be that yeah, person. Yeah,
1: I wanted to do well. And what's so funny is I still remember this talk. I mean, gotta be honest, I mean, not that I carry a lot of chips on my shoulder, but there's a little bit of that going. <laughs> you know, so when I'm speaking in audiences, or I remember once doing a training. Um and there was a couple people who were in the audience who had worked for my company who had blocked me from, you know, like interviewing for higher positions way back when. And yeah, absolutely. Is there a part of me that goes, So, you know, sorry, I didn't know this I'm sure you guys are, are much better people than I am, but going, You all paid just you just paid forty dollars to hear me, you know, for your lunch and to hear me speak. Remember, and, you know, yeah. 11 years ago when you wouldn't let me interview for this position because you didn't think I was performing well enough? Right. Whether I was or not, but I think part of what I didn't like was that I, I felt like I wasn't seen. I felt like they didn't see what the potential was, sure. that they just saw the surface. And again, I gave them plenty of ammunition from that. Although by the time of that review, my, my numbers were better. I would got a better understanding of the industry. But I, got a, I had a very rocky start. Right. And so what I could have used was someone who could have seen a little bit below the surface who would have maybe spent some time engaging, connecting with me on a more consistent basis and continuing to to, to guide me in the direction that I needed to. Because I understand the thing that my numbers needed to be what they needed to be and we needed to hit those things. But when I felt like my work to the company was only quantified in terms of how many leases I got and they didn't see the other things that I I could have brought to the table – the motivation the engagement went way down and really by that point I was already looking for another job
0: which is common yeah I think it's funny because when you shared your uh, that story I mean I definitely have had my share of stories where you know being in a management and training program and not given that opportunity I mean it's it's kind of an if when I look back at it um, not having those opportunities sometimes could have been a blessing yeah. to where I'm at yeah. now but I you know and again I look at it sometimes and my voice today is actually one of coming at it from the client, from the company perspective. So now I'm an employer. I speak to it, obviously, mm-hmm. on the side of, like, you just did on the employee, yeah. and those times where I wasn't given an opportunity, or but I also wasn't giving the environment. I wasn't giving the coaching tips, and mm-hmm. I, there was no sampling of, a true sampling of my work except during maybe a performance review. For the most part, I've always been in sales, and so my... I would have to applaud myself by way of a sale, right? Yeah. But did that make me a better manager? And so now running a company, I want to be that badass, excuse my language, maybe I can't say that, uh, manager. (laughs) I think (laughs) think it's all right. (laughs) Beep. Um, But I mean, truly, I really want to run a company that's obviously progressive and and profitable, but also one where people want to come to work every day. Um, one of the things to that point I was going to bring up is that, and it's funny because, uh, again, this may be taboo in today's business world, mm-hmm. but maybe we're adopting old school uh, practices. But it does help me, and we do the employee self-evaluations when we do mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. performance mm-hmm. reviews. And it is really, to your point about them understanding you and your point of view yeah. and what you really your true intention is, it really gives me an understanding of where they're at, where they believe that yeah. they're at. and it, And honestly, <laughs> I mean, for the most part, I think that I've gotten some good candid feedback mm-hmm. about where they're at and what they want to do and how they want to do it and how they rate themselves. And it also puts us like kind of on that same playing field. So it's like, okay, great. Now that I know you're, all the cards are on the table, here's your review, here's your self-performance, and then we can grow from there. And I think that if we could adopt those again in, in a smaller mm-hmm. um, um, time frame, I think more productivity will happen. It's true. I mean, I think one of the things that, and again, it may be a shift for some of
1: our listeners on this was saying that uh, your employees have to be a part of it or have to feel like they're a part of it. For now, sure. it doesn't mean that you give up control and it doesn't mean that they run the ship or anything like that. So that's that's not the point here. But, you know, when I've looked at high performance cultures and, and or organizations, whether it's a family,
0: mm-hmm.
1: whether it's a team, whether it's a club, whether it's a company, you know, the the big foundation for people to feel comfortable enough and in that zone to be able to contribute their max potential mm-hmm. is when the environment itself, the culture is a safe and secure environment. You know, I there's this great story, Ron, and we didn't talk about this, but I forgot um, to mention this that, you know, Pixar, who makes those great movies. Yeah. And one of the reasons that they kind of came on board is they came on board at the tail end of kind of the Disney Renaissance. You remember like when they had yeah. Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast? For sure. And, so they had the, Disney had this great block of movies, and then towards the end of that, the movie started becoming kind of awful. You know, not as good as Lion King or Ladder. Sure. They had the lull. Yeah. And what it, what Pixar realized was when, and at the time Pixar was a separate company from Disney, is when they looked at how those movies were being made that weren't good the people who were making it were much more interested about protecting their own turf and not sharing any ideas Mm -hmm. and and the idea the the culture wasn't such that someone could come in and go I think that's an awful idea for a movie Mm -hmm. I don't think we should make that because it wasn't safe it wasn't secure where Pixar one of the things they do they have something and I believe it's called the idea table and they all sit and all of these individual directors or producers they come in and they pitch an idea that's awesome. And everybody is part of the process. And so that means the person who says, Hey, I think you know what it'd be a great idea. Let's make a movie about cars that talk. Right. And he's gotta be prepared for people to go. Gotta pitch it. Yeah, that's yeah. a stupid idea. Sure. Or that's a great idea. And so what their focus is, is everyone being vulnerable and everyone being fearless. That is so huge, yeah. You know, you're they're putting themselves so the original idea the original idea guy is saying, Okay, I'm I'm going to share going this, yeah. and the other nine or the other people around this table may hate the idea, but I'm going to say it anyway. Right. And then the people on that table feel um, comfortable enough to be able to say, "I love that idea," mm-hmm. or you know what? Maybe you should have Larry the Cable Guy be the tow truck or right. whatever, you know that is. And so that's that's how Pixar ended up making movies like Toy Story. You know, so creative,
0: and, yeah.
1: I mean, amazingly creative, yeah, creative movies creative that tell stories got for sure. Um, but because the culture in that was no, we're going to make the best product. Right, and it was How, safe. Yeah, it was safe. How we do that is we're all connected, we're all engaged, we're all working together, and our goal is the best movie. It's not about protecting my turf. It's not about protecting my feelings or your or feelings my own necessarily. Own agenda. Exactly. Yeah.
0: My resume. My resume. <laughs> my you
1: know. Oh, I want to get this movie made, and I don't care if this idea is really terrible. Right. But we're going to make this.
0: Yeah, and they all won. I mean, so that's a great, that's a great case study right there.
1: Friends, please join us next time as Ron and I continue our conversation on building employee engagement here on the Multifamily Podcast. You've been listening to the Multifamily Podcast. To learn more about Romel Anakin, visit RelationshipDifference.com. For more information about Ron Ruiz, visit ApartmentSEO.com. And join us next time for the next episode of the Multifamily Podcast.